0: So it's on so you're not saying anything, you're just playing? Uh just let that seep into those ear holes of yours. (laughs) That's right. You're joining us tonight for Friday Night Right. This beautiful ambient music, Adam's playing, one of the hosts of the show. Hey guys. And I'm Gary Golden, good guy, good guy here at your service. So this is Friday Night Right, and we have a little twist. We had a special guest speaker coming in. Will, Will Conrad, a good friend of ours, and he is a poet and a writer and somebody you should get to know. We are going to tie in the end of this episode with what he brought to the table. He came in early and recorded with us. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> Adam We're and I gonna both gonna not...
1: Listen and let you hear the music and the writing all in one.
0: Boom! Hey, folks, you're with <laughs> us. Adam's got a piece. I've got a piece, and Will has a piece. Um, we'll probably drop in this episode with with Adams. Piece, then we'll follow up with mine and we'll close it with wills um and we want you to be a part of this show with us yes so please send us what you've got via email and uh, or contact us via email and uh, try to get in on the show
1: the email address is friday night right at gmail.com Send us your thoughts, send us anything you've written, we'll read it on the air, or if you want to and you're close enough to our location in Atlanta, Georgia, you can come on in and we can can do it on the air. Studio it up. Let's start the show. Higher powerlessness and the illusion of free will. Are we in control? What dictates the thoughts that enter our brains? Are these thoughts ours or are they a response to the stimulation provided by reality? Can we prevent ourselves from gravitating towards the things we like, pursuing the things we want? It seems to me that everything I know, everything I've learned has been shown to me by another. From an early age, my parents were a prime example of how I learned and developed into the individual I am today. They gave me a baseline for my own likes and dislikes. They showed me music, movies, art, and books. They spoke to me as I learned to speak, they read to me as I learned to read, and they provided their own taste in music as I learned to listen. The question of free will, am I ever really making choices or am I guided by forces completely out of my control? As I sit here at the microphone, I've come to the conclusion that a force beyond my understanding, a vast network of electrical impulses and brain activity dictates my choices. In fact, I couldn't even say that the music we're listening to was really my choice. The album, Pink Floyd's Animals, one of the few records I can listen to while writing, regularly provides me with a feeling of serenity, serenity provided by a memory. The memory of a boy laying in the warmth of a fold-out couch. Tucked in after dark, surrounded by the energy of a holiday, this young man had received a gift. By lamplight, he struggled to open up a CD case enclosed in plastic, hindered by the elasticity of a sticky label. Festival had passed, and the residue of laughter, love, and family coursed through him. Consumed with childlike wonder, CD player in hand, he snuggled himself up in his comforter and pressed play. As the record began to spin, he was transported into the music, his mind floating through gentle guitar riffs and melody as the album guided his thoughts towards feeling, a feeling that encompassed his heart through earbud. A feeling that had been captured on record decades before he was even born. A feeling he was fortunate enough to experience because of a gift. Today, I sit here now, years later, tapping into the same feeling provided to me by another, my aunt. The point being, I don't think I ever had a choice in listening to Pink Floyd. My aunt had given me the record to teach me, to show me what music was. My own curiosity pressed the play button on my CD player, but it was the influence of my aunt that really guided that hand. So where does this leave us? Did I make a choice to press play on this record or was I guided by the influence of another person, a physical manifestation of the human spirit? I believe that I was always going to press play on that record. Although it is a charming story, it is not the catalyst for me coming to terms with a lack of choice in nearly everything I do. The metaphysics involved in understanding free will are best described when I relate it to my own alcoholism. Simply stated, I am powerless over drugs and alcohol. In my years of learning what drug addiction and alcoholism is, I have discovered that I have an allergy of the mind and the body. When I intentionally ingest a substance to change the way I feel, craving and obsession to drink and drug consumes my being. The introduction of a substance to my body triggers my mind to look for that escape constantly. More so than the allergy, I have a disease of the mind, a disease that will never fully be cured. Even when drugs and alcohol are removed, I am left with my own mind. A mind that needs to be worked out a mind that searches for relief and a sense of purpose. In the rooms of 12-step meetings, I find relief from my disease. I find a daily cure for the craving and obsessive nature of my own selfish desire to use everyone and everything to escape myself. As I express myself, I am guided by forces that I do not understand. I do not feel powerful as I write or as I create. I feel powerless. I let go and allow my thoughts to flow freely from my mind. Thoughts that have manifested in response to the places I have been, the people I have met, and the life I have experienced up until this moment. For me, the question of free will is one that has been answered. Individually, I understand what I cannot change, what I like, and what I want. Who I want to be with and where I want to go. I am guided by forces of attraction completely beyond the realm of my own human understanding. Forces that have led me to my gut and my current state of self-awareness. I've always felt like the same person, yet my attitude and my ideas are constantly shifting and engaging the only man I will ever truly and fully know, the voice in my head. The reality of my life is that I have no control over people, places, or things. For a time, I thought I had control of my own behaviors and actions, a belief that was forever changed the moment I experienced a new obsession, a new desire and craving. From my mind's eye to yours. Mmm. Hmm. That's right.
0: How do you feel now listening back on that?
1: I feel like uh, there's a lot that I could uh, touch up. There's a couple things with like the sound. like I could level up the sound a little better. Mm-hmm. But also at the end of it, like when I mentioned the new obsession, the new desire and craving. Yeah, it made me wonder, what is that? Uh, is it something you would like to share
0: or kind of skip around? I'll talk about it next time. Ah, incentive to tune into the next episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to fold my hand while it's so close to my heart.
0: One of my favorite things about listening to you read that is the part, the story you captured of a human being that is no longer with us, and that is the past you, yeah. colored up, warmed up, and the comforter taking us back into that moment of time where you push play.
1: Mm. That was my favorite part too. Yeah. It just reminded me of my grandmother's house. Did it? Yeah, because I, when I heard me say all that stuff, it was the memories just... I felt that energy again. I remembered what it was like laying there, opening that CD, and not knowing what to expect. And then it it forever changed me. I mean, it's part of me. Yeah, obviously. Hmm. That's really cool how with Friday and
0: for me too, um, how we can listen to music or we're doing it and that music can spark something within us from the past, emotion, a feeling, as you just depicted that whole writing. And it can take us, we're essentially time traveling because we can listen to a piece of music and then it's just a piece of music, but if we're actually engaging our mind and our hearts and soul onto paper and that comes to mind, because you could use all sorts of examples of why you have no free will, but that track was playing as you're writing it, and it brought you back to that time.
1: Yeah, that's why it got written. That's exactly why it got written. And the crazy part is now that I was able to sit here and listen to me read it while the song played behind it, it was like I finally recreated the memory the way I wanted to. Like, me just reading those passages in my head doesn't do it justice. But just now, me listening to me read it and hear the music in the background, I finally feel like I captured the feeling I was trying to portray with those words. What feeling is that? Total, total nostalgic happiness. It's just like that, I guess like as a, as a child, that like sense of wonder, you know, like I, I got to feel that as I was hearing myself talk about the memory and then I heard the song with it and it was like, it just made me feel wonder again. Yeah. All of it's because you just stated it, but that's basically what I got too out of it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like
0: you got to tell me. Was there a fire going on in the fireplace when you're on that
1: couch? No. Because that's what my mind's eye saw. I was staring at one, though. The oh. way the fold-out couch was, it folded out right into the front of the fireplace. Yeah. But, like, I was... see, that's crazy. That's how my grandma's house was slipped October. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, your writing said, talking about free will, and that you now know the answer to that. But you didn't depict in your writing what your
1: answer is. Yeah, we're going to find out next week. Oh, oh, with the new obsession. It goes with the obsession and the craving. And okay. I'll talk, I'll talk about the answers that I've found. That's trippy, man. The whole new not mindset about free will. Yeah. I mean... I can argue it all, all night long, but I'm not going to. And I can agree with it all night long, me too. Me, too. It's contradictory. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's very... It's, it's almost like talking politics or talking... Uh, <sighs> Alright, let's cut it. Let's go to the next essay. How about that? Let's drop in. I wanna hear you. Alright, do you wanna do it? Let's do it, man. Alright. Spark of electricity.
0: I sometimes think in waves of waves. Waves of thought that I don't think start from me. Do you ever think of humanity? Think of the human race to the concept of one individual? It's all inspiring. Watch someone. Watch that individual. The way they move, think, act, the way they sing. Their movements are fluid. They move without thought. Ever get an itch? It's there then gone because you itch it. Ever thought about that? No, no you haven't. You solve the issue of the itch not by telling your hand where to move, demanding it to scratch the spot. You don't tell your hand the coordinates to the location and prepare for landing upon spoken itch through a countdown sequence. You just take care of the issue. It's acted out in a way of the mind and body being connected as one. Is almost unexplainable, and now I choose not to explain and let you explain it for yourself. Act out on this thought that doesn't come from you because I'm not writing to talk about your itch. The act of resolving the itch is just a pathetic example in the scheme of what goes on with the individual representing the human race. Although I'm writing through an itch, it's an itch and thought that I must resolve through the placement of words. Watch an individual sing. Not just any song, a song that inspires water to flow from the majestic windows of your soul, your eyes. A song that inspires your heart to lock up from the beauty in the words and sound flowing into your state of being. Watch them sing, the way that that individual moves around on stage. They step, move around, move their hands through the air, close their eyes. Not once do they direct the movements of their own flesh. All they are doing is directing a part of themselves into the world pouring out everything they have without fear of judgement, making an impact in the realm they are a part of, through a part of them. Their body just does. The swift, fluid movements of hand, feet, flesh, follows. All the flesh is doing is keeping up with the individual on stage, acting on its own accord with its master, the mind. That's all it can do, because the individual is not telling the body to move the way it is. The heart acts, the mind follows through, and the body reacts. To me, what I'm describing is on the same plane as God. When I remove myself from myself, I experience God. God is in me. I am in God. Together, all of us is in God. But it goes deeper than that. Oh, so much deeper. Watch a squirrel, the same way I'm asking you to watch an individual. It acts just as we do, by the concept of thought preceding action. And not much thought goes into the act of thought. Thought flows constantly like a placid current of a stream always flowing from no beginning and flowing with no end. We can manipulate the powers of this current into a raging river attacking bedrock, working away at it, or simply let the stream or thought trickle, but it will never stand still. Pay attention to the way the trees grow, the way they constantly reach for light, the budding of their leaves. See the beauty in a wild mountain flower. Pick it and put it in your lover's hair as you look through her windows to her perfect soul. Feel the wind rip across your face, Taste the spray of ocean water blown into the air while standing ankle-deep in the sea at a beach. Feel the water covering every bit of the skin surface from ankle down. Feel the healing energy of that ocean seep into your soul, penetrating. If you are a part of God, just as God is a part of you, just as I am one with God, then the human race is the DNA makeup of God, and the rest of God is through the world we live in. God is in Mother Earth. God is in the cosmos, and these things are in God. We, all of us, together, are God. We are everything, individually making up the power of one, adding to the higher consciousness of one, one and all, all in one. From my mind's eye to yours.
1: dude i just love that music for that last part yeah it was great dude it was like uh it went perfect for this th- th- man good job dude <laughs> good job to you so what do you think like how did that how does that how did that feel for you hearing that it was really cool um
0: i'm kind of add and honestly i I kind of stopped paying attention to me and just started listening to the music. Same here. I'm
1: tired of hearing us talk, dude. <laughs> yeah,
0: man.
1: <laughs> like, I don't even care anymore what I have to say. I want to hear Bjork, you know? like Yeah. Is it? Do you think that maybe that next time we do it, we make sure we have no vocal tracks on any of them? Is that yeah, the thing? I think so. Because I, I don't know who to... I'm trying to listen to Bjork and you at the same time. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and we'll I just... Get, just an FYI, guys. I uh, that song from Bjork was what inspired me to start writing what I, what you just heard, and that's why we put it into the into the mix.
1: Yeah, cause you. What do you mean? Like you, you when you wrote that, you were listening to it. Yeah, I was watching it on YouTube or something like that. I was watching it do a live performance. Ah, uh, that's what inspired. The, that's
0: what inspired the whole like kind of thought of it. Oh wow. Um. I knew that you guys. I'm playing dumb right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're right. We we should probably not have uh, lyrics in there, because I completely zoned into her.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, and even with the first one, the 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 instrumental, uh, the electronic from, one. Yeah, the glitch mob uh, between two points. Yeah, when that when that vo- when the vocals came in that one, I lost track again.
0: Yeah. I mean it was perfect track for it, but with the with the vocals. So what did we learn? <laughs> I learned to make sure I got plenty of coffee and Red Bull before we start.
1: Yeah, editing is a uh, it's, it's it's a, a long process. Yeah, <laughs> it it's is now 4 a.m. Yeah, so all right, you guys, we're, we're gonna close out with with Will Conrad's poem. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, you guys, uh, if you've made it this far, you'll want to join in next week. I we're probably gonna get better at what we're doing, and we might have one of your entries to read oh, or have yeah. you on the show. Yeah, yeah, let us
0: know. Send us an email. Um, And let us know about the music choices that we put behind the words. And...
1: (laughs) We're tired, if you can't tell. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Will. Hey, Will. We'll see. Take us out, bro. Uh...
2: Into the mind of Will Conrad. So, I don't title any of my poems, I don't know, I haven't, anyways, I'm just gonna. So here's a poem I wrote, here it goes. Hardened wax christens my nightstand while portraits of pirouettes dance with the daylight. Sleep-deprived derivations ornated with indigo inked. Under any other exigency, I would animate my misery with alcohol. Under duress, I would shrink at the prospect of challenging life's ambiguous promises pouring thoughts on paper like tipping 40s to lost homies, diseased soul soothed by overindulging in opiates, opaque nightmares mixed with night sweats, overcoming memories of madness and mark it with a brightly colored poker chip, a penny's worth of plastic for so much pain seems pointless, hesitant to mark this accomplishment with an ego-driven acknowledgement, but I am proud, and you say it gives hope, so I'll pick the thing up.